Hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Hey, you guys, I give a shit. Yeah, you, you, I really care about you. You know, you guys should call in sometimes because I would uh, give you some direct uh, giving a shit. You know, I'm going to tell you the call number, 718-928-9732. So anyway, I'm Dr. Lisa. I'm coming to you from... Radio Free Brooklyn and Bushwick, and we're the best radio station in the Western Hemisphere, although I used to say that all the time, and it's getting a little creepy. I'm going to have to come up with a new theme line for the show, but uh, it is a really great station, and um, I was actually thinking about it this morning on the way over here, uh, well, morning for me, maybe late after, mid-afternoon for you, uh, and uh I was thinking about, like, uh, it's been almost two years. Do you know it's two years since the station uh, was founded in uh, May 2000 and, uh, what was that, 15? And uh, I uh, was uh, thinking about, you know, it's really funny. uh, What triggered it was I got a phone call that I thought was from, uh, I have a part-time job now, so I thought it was, but it wasn't. But anyway, so... uh, I have this kind of like very junior part-time job that I would have had as a 23-year-old. You know, I'm 60 now, so it should be really easy. And and it kind of is. There's skills to it, but it's still pretty easy. But yet, after all my years in advertising, I still worry that they're going to fire me. And I realize how traumatized this is. And I actually got some healing yesterday. A big shout-out to uh, the Radio Free Brooklyn founders, uh, Tom Tenney, who actually uh, enacted the healing directly yesterday, and also Rob Pritchard, because uh, the two of them have really tolerated me. We were having, um, we're actually meeting with um, some of the new people. We're going to have some amazing, amazing new shows this coming season. And we were meeting with some of the people that, um, it was just really exciting to see uh, the level of talent that are enthusiastic and excited about uh, working with us that I know we're going to be meeting and hanging out with and stuff like that. But anyway, so one of the uh, people said, well, I'm a little, you know, nervous about learning the studio and I, you know, how to do all the tech. And I said, well, if I can learn it, anyone can learn it. And then Tom laughed really loudly and said, yeah, Lisa took a year and a half to do it. So I just want to say that, like, uh, I it really uh, I realized that I was able to add enough value that people accepted and people understood that it wasn't there wasn't that I was doing the best I could and had enough faith in me to solder on. So uh, I thought about that, and I'm going to try and hang on to that that thought and process that. But I know, you know, we all have flaws out there. You do. You fucking egomaniac. You definitely have a flaw. Shut the fuck up and just look inside. Uh, And uh, I'm learning how to accept mine by uh, framing them and uh, showing them off and dancing with them and fucking them and kissing them. That was kind of inappropriate, which... It leads me to our guest today. <laughs> I am, um, uh, you know, I am, one of the things about this show is the, that I'm super grateful for is the people I get to, like, talk to. And uh, one of these people is Finley. 
who is here today. Hello, Finley. Hello, Dr. Lisa. I love her t-shirt, or sweatshirt. Hoodie, really. Pussy not war. Pussy yeah, not war. <laughs> you know what? I want to tell you something. I had a scallops in my freeze, my refrigerator yesterday, leftover scallops, and I was thinking, that's a much better euphemism for a vagina, because it really smelled like a vagina, <laughs> and the word scallops is kind of a... Uh, it's more fun to say. Well, it also has more, feels more onomatopoeic, right? Mm. I like that. I like that a yeah, lot. Yeah, so maybe we should say my scallop. I'm going to try scallops. My scallops. Scallops, not war. Yes, yeah, scallops, not war. I'm going to try it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I had the um, the incredible um, privilege of meeting Finley at the Spring Break show. You guys might have heard me talking about this um, in the beginning, late uh, late. February, early March, when it was going on, I did a show from there with Catherine Dunn, um, co-host of Art Scene Radio. And I had the honor of meeting Finley because I was, as, as I had done, I was doing psychotherapy. I wound up doing like 100 people in six days. Some of the sessions were really short, but whatever. So I actually got this awesome chance to connect with Finley, even though she was showing her work uh, next to mine, right? We were like next door neighbors, sort of. Yeah, or I was we curating, curating a, a show. an artist friend of mine, Elizabeth Thick, And uh, so I, I was manning the It booth. wasn't your work. It wasn't my work. Right, but you were, but you were the curator, right? Because yeah. the curator with all those lovely um, um, yarn and all different multimedia installations. That right? was Liz Collins. I oh, was see, in that see area. How much attention, well, see how much attention I was paying. <laughs> you were working. You I were was, working. I was just freaking out. Yeah. I was like, oh. I was so impressed with you. Were you? Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Aww. See, see that, well, see, I've already, I've already written this thing off as, oh, Jesus. Well, anyway, <laughs> enough. This could be all about me and my self-esteem, but that would be so boring. Um, Anyway, I really did. I really did. And uh, I'm actually really glad to have uh, Finley here right now because I feel like I really connected. That was really a great session. And I I really got, um, well, I got a lot of positive energy out of you. So it made me feel really good. And I was like, I really um, respect this person or think this person is somebody that has a lot to offer the planet, which I don't always feel. I don't always focus on that. I focus on the issues. And I, I felt really re, re-energized by our positive and energized, which I can't say for all my patients. And that's not their job. Uh, so and I saw you coming and going. We were all really, it was a crazy week. And so I'm just really happy to have you in here right now and that we're getting to connect again. Right? We didn't really get a chance to hang out after that. Yeah, but it was fantastic because I would sit and listen sometimes just to get away from my own booth. Oh, really? So I would come into your sessions. There oh, was really? Like a, a place to lay down by the windows. And I would listen to other people and you interact. And it, w- it was fascinating, but also I can't imagine doing what you do because it's really intense. Some of the people were, you know, strong and, and like challenging you about things. But you do, you take, you really take it in and Uh, really think about it and process it in a very beautiful way. And it it was really, I mean, it was an epic piece. Oh, I really appreciate that. It was physical, you know. I saw you. It was exhausting at the end as well. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you know, it's really good to get that kind of, um, uh, what's the word I was going to say, validation or like just, I don't even mean it in that way. I mean, um, feedback. Just to have that reinforced that um, I, it was exhausting because I, it really took me, I was surprised how exhausted and how the exhaust, how long the exhaustion lasted. Um, and uh, until right this minute, I thought, oh, maybe it was just, I'm getting old. <laughs> no, I have a, I have actually a, a way that I deal with that because I do big daunting projects. You do. As well. Yes. And I always take, or I try, not every time, but I, the best method to get fully back is to take three days completely away from everyone and all technology and close, you know, read a book, watch movies and just do nothing for three full days, oh. if possible. Oh, I know that's it's crazy, really... But, and then you fully recharge, though. Oh, oh okay, because you know what? I'm doing that next time, because honestly, I um, took one day, yeah, and that enough. wasn't... Not even close. That wasn't enough, and then I really just didn't want to be around people. I yeah, really... And then, like, uh, yeah, I didn't want to be... by the way. I mean, and I didn't the same even way. do... You and know, you were a quarter of what you were doing. Now I was talking with a lot of people in the same way that you were, but I wasn't listening to their problems. I was talking about my artist, you know, trying to get the word yeah. out. But it's it's a lot of energy. It's it a lot is. of exchange. It's meeting new people, yeah. establishing a relationship, and then you know, you know, and answering their questions and being and, really present and, and presenting yourself. You know, I mean, maybe eighty people per day for five days in a row, seven days in a row. It's, wow. it's very challenging. Yeah, yeah. See, I I guess I had, you know, I did 100 people, but that's 100 people total, whereas you had like 80 people well, yeah, every but single I had day. Quick, I had quick interactions. You no. went deep with people. I mean, people were dumping Really? What did you, do there. you remember? Like, I don't even oh, remember yeah, there this stuff. Really, really, what did, um, tell me something you remember, because I, mean, I don't even remember honestly, this shit. Honestly, this is yeah. terrible, but there were two girls who were beyond selfish. Like and they what? were friends. And they, um, like, they just didn't get what you were saying. And they kind of, what you were saying made perfect sense to me. Uh-huh. They were just super entitled. You know, they were, they, they were halfway also. They were, they wanted to talk to you about therapy and we wanted to talk to you about real issues, but then they weren't taking it seriously. They were, like, on the fence about also making fun of this right. thing that was happening. Right, right. And, um, but they couldn't settle on where they wanted to be and you you were taking it very seriously and actually were like kind of unpacking some real things for them and they were making they were uncomfortable well, yeah very uncomfortable and very unable to really hear the truth yeah yeah that sounds like actually <laughs> there was a lot of tea happening in there uh, dr lisa and um, i don't know if everybody's ready to handle all that <laughs> no but it's really funny because i did get a lot of people who um were were people who were like getting um taking like a therapy sample to see what it was like and like I'm totally cool with however people process what they do I what what I'm doing with them or you know I mean I don't have what however they whatever you know I'm cool with but whatever that's so cool I well mean, you have to, I mean there's no other way you can do it and um really I think uh, but I did um find a lot of people testing me like people who you know there is an aspect of fortune telling I get that to what I do you know where you could see it that way for sure and there were a lot of people like testing me to see if I if they could put it over on me and I actually got a lot of confidence because 
um, I called out yeah, people on that. Yeah, I think you matched you? that really well. Like, you know, if it was a sport or a game or a tennis match, you know, you were really giving it back with all you had. And in a, in a good way, like, you know, you're, it was quite effective, actually. Thank you. Um, and, you know, really challenging people, I think, in a, in a real, in a good way. I mean, like I said, you're, you're a really good listener and you give really good feedback. Thank you. Whether they're willing or able to handle that is sort of neither here nor there because you were really present. (laughs) No, I really, um, it was really, um, a good growth experience for me in a lot of ways and certainly in doing the therapy and I appreciate it. Do you remember what we talked about? Do you remember? Yeah, I was like really completely stressed out about the Whitney Houston Biennial and I was convinced that I didn't have enough space and I was looking at this. There was a perfect space right next door, but the developers would not give it to me. Like I had tried every which way to like let them know how cool this project was and how brilliant it was for their empty space. And, um, but I ended up, you know, talking to you about, you know, challenging myself and you actually wrote me a prescription and you said, you know, good job for challenging yourself and pushing yourself instead of like, I didn't, you were almost just like, wow, like, look look what you're able to handle basically. And then you're the only person that can really challenge yourself. So push harder basically and like create things that kind of, you know, force you to grow and expand and get bigger. And, and you were um, trying to decide which space to take, right? Well, I had a space and what happened was that I just brought all the work in there and I made it happen. In the space that you already had, yeah, not which, the other space. In actual fact, It was I, like a bird in the hand. Did we use that term, bird in the hand, exactly, too, in the bush? I think exactly. I remember that, right? So I, um, you know, the space was 1,200 square feet mm-hmm. and I had 167 visual artists and over 220 physical works that I right. fit into it. Right. And I remember, <laughs> I remember what, it, what I'm now remembering, like what impressed me about you was your ability to manage a project that big and that expansive with so many people and so no money. I'm sure I know yeah, no money. <laughs> um, and um, like the level, this is what I remember, the level of questioning that you were having with yourself. I mean, it's intimidating to me. I mean, you're really good at this, and you know this. You must be. So the the project management, um, besides a curatorial vision, which is like a given, you know, we know that you own that. But um, the project management, which not all artists have, uh, it would be like it would it to me it was like having a whole Hollywood multi million dollar budget, and the questions you were asking was. Should the background have trees or flowers? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's how it sounded to me. And I was like, There's no, what is she talking about? There's yeah. no problem here. Yeah, she, exactly. She's got this. She's got this. So um, I really would love to spend an entire, an entire time here talking about your, your own work, which, which unfortunately because of the Whitney Houston Biennial is going to get short shrift. But your work is is really gorgeous, and uh, maybe we could do a studio visit sometime. I could come yeah, over I and love that, see please. see that work oh, in that person, because I really unfairly because of the way that we've interacted, I haven't. But um, I w- encourage people because it's really gorgeous online too to go to 
IamFinley.com. That's very simply I-A-M-Finley, F-I-N-L-E-Y.com, and see what a great artist uh, Finley is and um, her great projects, including decorating dumpsters. Oh, yeah, wallpaper dumpsters all over the world, yeah. I just love that. <laughs> so have you traveled a lot for that? Yeah, um, and also whenever I go to a new city, I put two rolls of wallpaper in my suitcase or I, sh- you know, mail it to myself where I'm going to be. Right, I just so try cool. to do one in every city that I go to. Wow, have you got, do they last or how does Yeah, they how last does the about public... six months depending on uh-huh. where they are. The public go crazy for them. They love that? Yeah. They love it. Especially love... dump truck drivers. They get oh. out of their vehicle, <laughs> buy me coffee, like want to talk to me, like stop traffic. It's really fun. Oh, man. I love how universal that is. Spreading joy all over the world. This is just one. You know, I've noticed. I noticed. I mean, I haven't traveled in a while, but I did go to uh, India a while ago, and I noticed that they don't have a lot of garbage cans. Right. Do you find that in, like, um, undeveloped, underdeveloped, developing nations that they don't have garbage? Yeah, everybody's Are there places without dumpsters? Yeah. Yes, a lot. And everyone's working on a new system for this, even... America. In Rome, for example, they're even considering putting underground conveyor belts where you would just put it in a hole in the ground and separate the holes by plastic, paper, you know, rubbish. And that they, mm. that would go underground um, mm. through solar energy, mm. you know, because the dump truck is, you know, pretty gross for yeah. collection. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And then you have three or four for all the different collection points of different materials now. So there's uh-huh. a lot of pollution happening with just the tr- trucks driving around. Sure. So everybody's working on a different system. That's and, good to hear. You know, maybe a developing country that doesn't have that system might come up with something even more brilliant. So will that uh, will that um, uh, get rid of jobs? Probably. I mean, you know, there's does that mean there's not going to be trash collectors? Well, you know, all this is like a theory right now, so oh, nobody right. really knows what's going to happen. By, by then, they'll all be trained to do coding. I kind of feel like there's all going to be all kinds of new jobs you know it's like if those jobs go away that you know the conveyor belt's going to break down so there's going to be like a million conveyor belt driver you know oh like yeah there's still a physical aspect to it ex- right we need physical we'll, labor jobs with, with for trash, everyone because the trash there always is yeah we need that we need that <laughs> so uh I want to talk to you about the Whitney Houston biennial which is like huge um and I could describe it, but I think it would be best. You would do it better than me. You got to be able to do it better than me. So let's hear it from the uh, the the um, creator of it. Well, the 2017 Whitney Houston Biennial um, premiered in Soho this year. We had the 2014 version as well, and we waited because the Whitney waited an extra year. So uh, we're on schedule for 2019. So the opening is coordinated with the big. Big, big Whitney Whitney Biennial. Whitney Museum Biennial, That's which correct. is like an international, really. Success. I mean, it's national yeah, American art, but it's international. We love the Whitney Biennial, and it makes our show cheeky and fun. Right, right, so right. We're the Whitney Houston Biennial, and we're this year 167 female artists that included poetry reading, two poetry readings, oh, right. a really amazing film screening, which right. might come into its own. Biennial, a whole oh. fest, film festival for women directors oh, cool. um, and women in film. And um, also 
we were looking for 2019 to work with journalists to mentor young journalists. And the young journalists would come in and um, interview or follow one artist all the way through their process of the Whitney Houston Biennial and dig a little bit deeper into their studio practice. Oh, neat. We're, so, yeah, so there, I it's love a, that. there's a lot of mentoring happening. There's a lot of... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, established women mm-hmm. in different industries that help the younger ones, mm-hmm. which is kind of the platform that's created from this show. Mm-hmm. And basically, at the end of the day, it's just this super fun, really beautiful, amazing, powerful connection between women that happens on the wall and in our interactions when mm-hmm. we all get together and make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I saw the show, as you know, and I mean, it's a really, really impressive show. I love the way... um the work was in a community on its own. I mean, I loved, I mean, I love the work. I love the way it was hung. I loved, I mean, it's the kind of show that I really enjoy that there's not enough of. Yeah, I mean, the, the trend is to have like one work on a big, huge wall and like let you really resonate with that work. And I like that too, but really, I love salon style. I feel like there's not enough salon style in the world right now. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of my parents every once in a while. They would have like kitchen kitchen sink sink dessert for the kids. And uh, me and my brother, the kids. And we would just have every kind of thing you could put on ice cream and then ice cream. And I love that because it's just like I'm so greedy for all that stuff. And that's a great show. I just. It's so fun. Yeah, because, yeah, all the work talked, I don't know, anyway, we could go on about that, why it's so great, but a lot of other people have done that. Yeah. <laughs> we are, we, it is <laughs> great. So, um, and also I love that you had a lot of, um, perf- you know, that you had activities every night, yeah, kind a of, a big schedule, yeah. and so it was a real, it was a real festival, really, yeah, as much as anything. to get people to have more ways in, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're mm-hmm. a dance person, you come for the dance performance, but you get all of this other stuff, and mm-hmm. same with the poets, I mean, I think such a nice cross-pollinization to listen to a poet read their work surrounded by hundreds of works of art, mm-hmm. it, it was just an incredible experience. So, um... I well, I wanted to get the inside scoop on like what this was like for you personally. Like, how did how do you feel about it? How did it how did it affect you this year? How do you? F- well, I was very stressed out. Um, and <laughs> Although you were so poised, <laughs> I was very stressed out. But I was trying to also really enjoy it. And about midway through is when I really started to have some fun. And I came in early and just took some moments with the show myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and that really meant a lot to me to see, just to have a private moment in there, um, because there's so many people working, there's so much happening, you know, and just getting the show up was like a real feat. Um, we had three Mm -hmm. days and there was a blizzard and all these things. Oh yeah, that's right. I kind of like the blizzard personally because, you know, it quiet, you know, makes everything quiet and you know, people stay at home, Mm -hmm. which is actually kind of nice. It was one of the big days of like. Everything was already in the space, mm-hmm. and we were really, like, starting to put stuff mm-hmm. up on the wall and get it moving. And uh, the crazy thing is, this is, like, less than, this was right after the spring break show, so you went from yeah. one thing to another, right? How many days? Actually, was it a whole week? Not, I think it was only a few days, but I went to South by Southwest and made a mural and then flew back at 3 in the morning and came to the install, first day of drop-off. Whatever you're oh taking, I want that. <laughs> I know. It was really crazy. It was a crazy schedule. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I was already, you know, I had been working a lot before I even started that. So 
But you managed to get it all done, and you're good at delegating. You must. I know you had help. I mean, I I volunteers. You didn't have money to pay people, which is always. It was all volunteer. I did. I did pay a couple of people just to make sure that I had someone with me Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And also, those people, you know, they had. Yeah. They needed. They needed some work, and it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Um, but so many people volunteered their time and really put the show together. Yeah. That was. Yeah. That's such a beautiful thing when someone just comes in at the last minute, just grabs a broom, starts sweeping. You didn't even say anything. They just know intuitively, especially with women. Yeah. It's so fantastic. You know, my friend just started lighting. You know, at some point, she just got on a ladder and just started going for it. Uh-huh. And I just thought, this is so great. And every time I had a question or a problem, I would just kind of shout it out to 15 or so people. And, like, the most brilliant answer would come to me in two <laughs> seconds. You know? So I can never, you know, even though I was, like, stressed out or tired, I was also just such a cool experience to work with such capable, able people. Uh-huh. And, like, how yeah. fa- fantastic they were and how together we answered every problem. Yeah, that's so cool because you feel like you're you're well, supported you're, and that you're yeah. totally in the flow. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't, and they, you're in the flow with. It's like being in a band, sort of. Yeah, in a and way, you want for nothing. It? You know, there's yeah. just that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a, nothing to do with money. It's, it's like you can't pay by that. Yeah, that I mean, feeling. Exa- sure. Yeah, exactly. Like there was no money uh-huh. exchange. That was just pure love. So was it all women in the show? You know, the edges of that are a little bit blurry. And oh, I think well, that that's women cool. or women identifying yeah, people. Yeah, women identifying people. And I kind of feel like that's just the way I am. I'm not so rulesy. So, right. You know, but women, I mean, that was the basic. Women or I like people make... who like have an alter ego that's a woman or something right. that's, you know, expresses the divine feminine is cool with me too. Yeah. 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 But I just, mostly I just women. want our listeners yeah. to understand. Yeah. And I encourage people to apply that do have that in their hearts, you know, right. for the 2019 yeah. version. Because yeah. I don't want, you know, I'm not rigid. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so I was just wondering if, um, how you were affected if it if it changed your um uh your expectations of how people view females feminist art any of that or whether like what what was like personally for you the things that um affected you in a way both good and bad like things that made you really happy and and surprised you and things that weren't as as and things that may may be disappointing because this isn't just all sunshine and rainbows on this show. Uh, And I just want to remind people that they're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn and I'm here on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit with the brilliant Finley who uh, we're talking about... Uh, the Whitney Biennial. So what what would you what would you say to that? I think the best and you know most beautiful thing about the show is one is the consciousness that is created that all questions are answered and that there's help and there's so many people that come together and and then the beauty of the whole thing Mm -hmm. actually creates a consciousness that Mm -hmm. is fantastic that you just that people feel when they walk in and they feel they can be themselves they can have a glass of wine they can relax as who they are because Mm -hmm. they're all represented there so you feel really gratified by that yeah by create, and creating create, and them. also it's cool it's a cool place to be a thousand people showed up it was a party it was springtime it was heralding spring 
is like this moment where it's also, you know, you have the art world and all that stuff, but this is just something different and fun and cheeky, but also serious and powerful and poignant. Yeah. It's like all these things and, um, and it's free and open to the public. It's, you know, available for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the best part about the show. Mm -hmm. The worst part about the show, uh, for me or the thing that, you know, it, just disheartening for sure are the sales you know i wanted to sell more work i wanted to cut more checks for artists mm -hmm. you know i wanted to maybe make it viable for myself or at least break mm -hmm. even somehow mm -hmm. um and i thought the work was really good and i, I thought the price too. point was really good and so that was disappointing however i learned a lot about you know i've gotten a lot of feedback about that and um i think that the next time i need to really walk young professional people through buying their first work of art because ah. a lot of people really want to but they have no clue and i'm so in it right it's hard for me to backtrack and back up and walk them through it right because it's hard to imagine like this is such when you when you love some when you get it it's hard to met yeah i get that i know i so know next time we're gonna do a lot of focus on you know instead of a curator walkthrough i'm gonna say how to collect your first, how to buy your first work of art, how to become a young collector, how to mm -hmm. collect on a budget, mm -hmm. how to create relationships with artists, mm -hmm. how to have a good eye, how to start thinking about this process, like at the, you know, start at the beginning. And just, just to um, put this out there and challenge, just to challenge you, and I'm not, I think, you know, money is important. Uh, but like, how do you square that with, um, making it, you know, making it like inclusive and just a free spirit kind of thing? Do you find yeah. that trying to, well, I think that because I make it free for the artists to be there and actually in the future, I'd like to even give them a hundred dollar stipend just to show up. Right. So you don't have to pay to play at all for this. So mm -hmm. I think that in that way, it's keeps it's like street cred and fun and like, mm -hmm. um, vibrancy it's also mm -hmm. young like i really try to get artists that people haven't seen a lot before uh -huh. and mix those people with but some... you mean as far as like getting getting people to buy art you feel like you're going to be putting energy into people that don't really know a lot about art yeah exactly but 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 that's I think a good that, thing right well you know I, i'm trying to do the thing that i want to be or i want to happen to me in the world so i want to have a platform for my art you know, mm -hmm. I want a curator to mm -hmm. come to my studio and give a shit, Dr. Mm -hmm. Lisa. <laughs> I, want, I want a young collector to come to me and feel uh -huh. that they can have a good conversation with me, do a studio visit with me, go on a payment plan, right. support me forever right. if they want right. to. Right, right. I see what you're saying. You know, okay. so I want to okay. make the world okay. a better place I'm buying for it. artists. Okay, <laughs> I'm buying it. Okay, I want to move on, but there was also um, one, oh, Jesus, well... I was really angry about something that I read when I was reading the reviews today um, that somebody said um, in a review, it said, uh, blah, 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 something. Um, it's hard to make. It's hard to it's difficult to know what to make of a show where it's difficult to know what to make of a show like the Whitney Biennial where the sole determining factor for participating artists is their womanhood. There's a uh, blah, blah, blah. There's also the feeling of a grab bag plus the nagging question of whether it ghettoizes its participants. So that made me really mad when I read that. It makes me really mad now. It sounds really condescending. Did that well, or is it, that just me? It was definitely something that, you know, 
stuck in my craw. You you well. it stuck out at you too. It hurt me. It hurt you too. Um, but I don't think it's true. And I know. So I think when you know someone's writing or you know, um, you know, she's entitled to do that. And what I realized about judgment and criticism for me is that if someone has something to say and it is real and I it will make me better or it is constructive, mm-hmm. I'll take it. But that I'm gonna leave because it wasn't what was happening it wasn't real so, so yeah. here's what makes me mad about it because um i'm one of those uh art people that like thinks the art world is like an art market it's not really a world or it's an industry and this is such a quote-unquote in- art industry point of view which undermines the whole spirit of what you're doing certainly and what i believe is most important about art the connection of the artist to the work they're making and the gift it puts out into the world. And that's what art is about. And to hear this or to read this in a sense in art criticism made me crazy. Well, you know, the other thing is these things happen really fast. Yeah. You know, the writer came one day and that that was out the next or maybe two days later. So that's one thing I think is that Mm -hmm. it isn't terribly carefully considered no but it's fun for me to like poke back at the art world for being really snooty when i get a chance yeah, so well, i'm glad i got I to say i just really all that. feel like it wasn't correct like no. that's not right and it's not certainly wasn't the spirit of the show and you know i don't really feel like i well that's why it didn't it didn't it didn't affect get, you the ghettoizing thing was the thing that stood me? out to me because i just thought wow like well it's i just, couldn't believe that that was the word that she used it just seemed really inappropriate to me yeah and i mean the work it made it sound like the work the work was awesome and very like a very high level it wasn't just great work it was like really serious art also i by real artists i went through um shows you know um i was on instagram i did i went to art fairs yeah you and i wrote i wrote down people and like i followed them for years actually watching thing you know watching what i wanted and there was an open call also right but the the greatest part of that show the greater portion of that show was work that i did select it wasn't about somebody just being a woman yeah i know so anyway it was very base all right we're mad at them very ugly all right it's it's just annoying let's move (laughs) move on um, there is something that I also thought was really interesting about this show, and I wanted to ask you about, uh, see where the connection is in your life, which I thought was really interesting, was that the theme of this show was... Um, <laughs> the greatest love of all. <laughs> the greatest love of all. But really, it was about, uh, I wrote it down here, um, uh, connecting... You, okay, uh, you ask people to pick one of their... The exhibition requested all participants include a text on a female pioneer who means something to them, whether she's a friend, family member, a public figure. And I love that part of it. And what, 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 what does that mean to you? Why is, why is asking people to find a hero or a mentor? Well, what I, when I originally, when I think about the show, I wanted to be from you know, older to younger and everything in between. So when I first started the show, my friend B. Kreloff, who passed away, um, 
she was 90 years of age and the youngest artist was 24. And I thought that that was such a beautiful range and to get this intergenerational mm -hmm. conversation going, you know, on the wall mm -hmm. and together among the women. Mm -hmm. And when I thought about the, you know, intergenerational thing, I thought, well, why can't we include Joan of Arc? Like, why can't we put Sappho in? What? Let's see. Let's see where we all came from and who dreamed this dream and made it possible for us to dream an even bigger dream. And mm -hmm. then ask each person who's doing this to be conscious of what they're setting up for people in the future. Mm, I love it. Love yeah. it. Um, and it really, um, it actually really connected the show even more on like a whole nother level. But um, I find it really interesting, actually. So um, this show is about, you talked about a, a lot about mentorship programs. And this show also is about having, looking up to people who've come before you. So what in your life, like, did you have like um, a really strong mother figure or did Both, you have mentors? Yeah. Was it a yes lot. or no? It's yes. either one or the a other. <laughs> Both my parents are really strong figures in my life. So my I, mom is kind and peaceful mm -hmm. and super loving. I've come from un unconditional love. So that's a huge po point of my life that mm -hmm. I started in this beautiful way. My dad's, you know, really intense and we're the similar. So we butt heads a lot, but that is great mentorship. And then I always had people in my life guiding me and helping me. So um, where did you grow up? I grew up in central Missouri, a little town called Sedalia. It's mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. How many, was it like you knew everybody well, in the town? It's 20,000 people, um, but so no, but it is did a you, pretty small town. Did you, how big was your high school? Uh, my class was 300, so I think it's 1,200 students total. It's pretty, For the I whole, mean, medium. Yeah. It's not small, necessarily. It's not, it's not tiny. It's not like a couple students. But, right. Uh, they have a, do they have a Starbucks? We just now have a Starbucks. Just now, though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, okay. And do you have brothers or sisters? I have an older brother. He's a scientist and lives in Philly. Fuck. Scientist? What kind of scientist? He's a molecular and cellular biology PhD. Oh, but now Jesus. he's a professor. He teaches. At where? Um, I'm from so Philadelphia, sort of. He lives in Jenkintown. Oh my God. My parents lived in Jenkintown. <laughs> Where? They moved there after I left for college. I'm not, I don't they know tried to, very they well. They tried, they didn't give me the address. They just moved away. Oh I changed in town somewhere. <laughs> so funny. So, um, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. You're brought, wow. So, um, and you don't know where he teaches. We, we should really, we should really find out. <laughs> no, I'll get one of my producers on this yeah, right yeah. away, right and away. Uh, so, um, so he, did your so what what was your childhood what did your parents do? Uh, my dad's a heating and air conditioning contractor and wow. my mom is a social worker and she worked for hospice and helped people die. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. What was that? What what does she still do it? No, <clears> she's <throat> retired. My dad's 80, my dad my mom's 75. Mm -hmm. So they're So what was that like do you think or what what how did that well, job affect She went back to school when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, and became a social worker and knew right away that she couldn't handle what was happening to kids. So she focused on elderly people and she was really comfortable with that. Like I grew up doing meals on wheels Wow! and, um, you know, sometimes doing some visits with her, f you know, to bring a little joy, you know, oh, bring like me my in cute, and, like... <laughs> my gorgeous daughter, yeah. my gorgeous fun daughter. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, and I, I had a paper route when I was younger, which, of course, there's always, like, lots of elderly people getting the paper. You have to get the money from them. It takes forever. But mm -hmm. I always really enjoyed it, you know, and she kind of, you know, she's a fourth-generation Christian scientist. So Oh, wow. You know, she has a relationship. And she's just cool about death. She kind right. of just sees it as this natural thing and helping people around the person dying is what right. she did, really. And It's um, like they call them death doulas, too, yeah, now? Yeah, she's like a, like a very compassionate, non-judgmental person. She just kind of helped out when she could and did, you know. And it was a job. It was a, yeah, she yeah, was it was ground, a job. You know, she was like grounding the whole thing. Right, right. So she must, wow, she must be a really uh, good mother or like somebody that'd be great to have around. Yeah, she's a great mom and she, you know, she's an avid reader. She probably reads two novels a week and a couple newspapers yeah, no. a day. Yeah. Wow, so she's really curious about life. Yeah. And um, did, uh, so that's interesting. She was a Christian scientist. So um, what did you get as a child? How do you think being around those old those old farts affected you? Well, I loved it. I loved listening to their stories and I loved being like a positive note. You know, that was my role is to bring a little cheer. And I, I loved it. I did it. You know, I was like super into it. And did you feel like you were, like it came back to you? Like you walked in and they were just lit up because they had like a lovely young... I mean, some people are just super curmudgeonly and there's nothing you can do. So you right. just sit with them. But right. if someone's like delighted by you, you know, I'd ham it up and go for it. Oh, what lovely. <laughs> That's wonderful. And what about your brother? My brother didn't really have anything to do with that. He is like a nerd, played Dungeons and Dragons and, you know. Did he did he want to or not? No, he, it was not his thing. You it was more in your He's nature. He's more of an introvert. Yeah. Yeah, oh, um, it was more in your nature. So, um, we're you seem, well, you know, it's really great also. You seem to really appreciate um, the value or maybe just that it's not, I don't think that kind of unconditional love is, you don't take that for granted. No way. No way. Well, That's really interesting. Well, the first thing that happened to me going out into college and, you know, seeing a lot of damaged people and how they deal with love was so disheartening to me and upsetting. And, you know, my whole 20s was that because those people are very drawn to me. Because I have this love, this effervescence that, uh, you know, and that was a really challenging to deal with as a young person. Because I had no clue. I mean, I was just sheltered with so, that. So what would happen? Like, what kind of things? You know, like troubled. Just, uh, yeah, troubled people, people who were very mistrustful, people who... They gravitate. That's so yeah. interesting. And I, you know, had a lot of energy for them because I never had that those issues you know mm -hmm. I really came from a solid background of a lot of love I was very wanted right 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 so how did that did you feel like you needed to take care of them no it would just, it just happened naturally I'd never felt like that but I, I became like a people pleaser that was uh, my you know if we're gonna unpack that that's, <laughs> that's well, always my of issue of course we're gonna <laughs> no so you mean because people pleaser because I want to make them feel good because you, you knew how, or because did your mom? Did you feel like you were back with the old folks, making them happy, or what? What do you think it I was? Guess so I mean, I think it was my role. You know, I was such a cheer giver or and a cheerleader. You know, I'm very were encouraging. You? I wasn't a cheerleader, <laughs> but I I am like a cheerleader in my life, which is also the way uh, the Houston Biennial. You know, yeah. So many people they like maybe stop making work, and I was like, you have to do this for the show, like tell me your idea let's get it going like you know here's your platform it's free let's go 
right, you know, and right. get people back on track for what they want. So do you ever feel like that's, because you're an artist on your own, do you ever feel like resentful or like? Well, at the end, I definitely feel depleted and I have to go back into my own studio practice and recharge my battery. And I'm a Libra, so I go, you know, very extrovert really hard, but then I have to swing back into my introverted side. Oh, so you know how to handle that. You got yeah, that. Yeah, I have a pretty good balance now. It, mm-hmm. It's been, you know, tragedy on the dance floor all the way through, but right now <laughs> it's working It's working really well. So, I mean, um, uh yeah, uh, it's impressive. Um, I'm gl- hearing about your mom also. I mean, whatever. I'm just processing this. Whoa, somebody who actually had genuine, unconditional love, and it also took somebody who's got uh, whatever that emotional quality is to be a hospice worker. I mean, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so you got you 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 are lucky, and you know that. Um, and my but dad's it's, an entrepreneur. So on the other side, Ah. I have this, like, really hardcore, like, capitalist who came from nothing and made an empire, you know, in his own right, Mm -hmm. out of the heating and air conditioning world. Did he, he, you could do pretty well. Did he do pretty well? Yeah. I mean, for the- You have nice home and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he helped me through Mm -hmm. college. You know, we we wanted for nothing. Uh It wasn't, you know, I remember in Mm -hmm. the 80s, it was really tough, but- you know, he's still working. But you didn't get like, did you, did, did, he, you he didn't have like a Savarsky crusted uh, prom dress or anything? No, like no, that? no, no, not like, okay. I mean, we're well. Midwest, you know, it's, sm- <laughs> it's a small town. Like maybe if he was in Kansas City or St. Louis or something, we would, maybe I would have that prom dress. But I wore a 60s dress of my mom's for prom. Oh, I, I bet that was awesome. In a pastel, like pastel blue and polyester like, number i'd like to see like <laughs> yeah. to see a picture of that so are you you're still really close to your parents then yeah actually just visited uh mm-hmm. two days ago mm-hmm. for, i went for home for easter mm-hmm. and uh you don't mind if i mention that you've been in a long-term relationship right so you've been in a relationship with uh the same woman for eight years mm-hmm. and so do you guys ever think about having kids not for me i mean i think she she kind of want was open to that but I decided that I didn't want to. And she's older, so. And why unique. Why is that? Um, is it because of your art? Yeah, my art and uh, financial reasons. But also, I get a lot out of... Um, I, th- I think when I'm older and maybe have my own place, I'll mm-hmm. probably, you know, uh, foster or... I might, I might do oh, something like, I wouldn't mind having like a teen, trouble <laughs> oh, teen. Or, Jesus. I know, but it's weird. <laughs> There's like, lots of parents that will give you their teenagers. <laughs> I have no I'm, doubt. I just have this feeling I'll probably have some kind of, I already helped someone uh, in Rome. My girlfriend and I hosted a, a young guy through oh. college for four years. So, you know, it's already sort of starting to happen that sometimes a stray might need something and, you know, we will take them in. No problem. Right. If right, we, if right. we, if we can, you know, we also right. travel a lot. So sometimes our places are empty and, you know, we give, you know, give that away and, you know, just try to help whenever we can. Yeah. But you're, you're busy basically. <laughs> yeah. Ex- I mean, I love, I also, I'm not interested in early childhood education at all. Like, the idea of stopping and bringing a person all the way through, uh, you know, the whole linguistic process, you know, the whole thing. Oh, just, I have yeah. zero interest in it. I love babies, but that whole you process. Know, it's a shoe tying. You get stuck at the shoe tying. Yeah, it's right? just not I for hear me. You. I, I mean, I'm a patient you. person, but I don't yeah, think I, I, I know. It's, it's not, that's it's not you, my calling. It's not my, my doesn't, it doesn't move me. 
No, I get it. So here's a guess. I would imagine, like, I have this fantasy now that, like, uh, you have, like, really healthy relationships. Is that true? No, definitely not. Okay, um, so I have, help me I understand. Have, I have all through my 30s, like, unpacking toxic relationships to the point where now I kind of feel like I hardly have any friends. So what, was, what would that be then? It would be me being a people pleaser, stuck in a box, and kind of like a bully type of relationship where I was always listening, always helping, always, you know, giving my good positive energy away Mm -hmm. to someone who didn't really use it, take it, want it, or wanted it, but didn't, didn't do anything with it. So do you think you were trying to win over somebody? Definitely. And why would, why would somebody like yourself, for God's sakes, care about winning over? Like where, where where, it definitely comes from my relationship with my brother. Oh, interesting. My brother what? never really wanted to have anything to do with me. And oh. so he's five years older than me, and uh-huh. I always wanted his attention. Oh, that's interesting. And it's weird. We're still not close, but I'm very, you know, I'm very, like, beloved. Obviously. <laughs> I'm very beloved by my friends and yeah. my family. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's a, I, want, I want his attention. I want that love. Huh, and that's interesting because he was a male. Do you think that affected it? Maybe did it affect your view of men at all? I just feel like you know he's supposed to be my ally, right? You know, I always felt like you know you got an older brother. I mean, come on, yeah. But it really was not. That was a very broken relationship for me. So did he? Um, was was he just plain ignoring you? Ignoring slash cruel. Cruel. He just really never, you know how sometimes, because he had a car, you know, like, but he really never would do anything unless my far- parents forced him. Like, he never was like, all right, let's just go get an ice cream. Never. So were your parents upset about that relationship? Uh, I think they thought we would just grow out of it. <laughs> and now? <laughs> now, you know, he has his own family and sort of separated himself from our family. Oh. Um, even, you know, my mother just tries so much to be with her grandkids and all this and it's that's it's just a complicated relationship for our whole family actually oh okay so um he he um wasn't that into wasn't just you your whole family the fam the whole idea of family or the whole thing the whole thing yeah do you think it was something in particular uh my dad he and my Uh, dad and i'm sort of similar to my dad in character uh what about your dad uh, probably, um, overbearing and, uh, too intense for my brother. My brother's, you know, a lot more mild mannered and actually he's very into his family, very into his kids, uh-huh. um, very into the simplicity. My dad's very complex. If he, like my brother's a teacher, if right. my dad was a teacher, he'd be the vice chancellor or, you know, he, yeah. would, he would work the, like go all the way. He's super ambitious. Yeah. Your dad. And my brother... you know finds that to be you know he hates it like with my dad's talking to a waiter or something like the way he talks to them just makes my brother cringe so your brother rebelled really yeah yeah totally yeah does does he have a good relationship with his wife and kids and yeah seems like a nice family yeah they have their own way of doing things though so (laughs) what does that mean the weird thing is is that she is super tough and controlling so he, like, kind of married oh. my dad. Yeah. Hmm. You know, cycles. <laughs> so he married your dad. Is she ambitious, the wife? In her own way, I don't totally no. understand her, to be honest. Does she have a job? 
Yeah, she's and also a teacher. They have the they they do the same thing. Uh huh. Hmm. Well, both science. They both got PhDs together at you know where in, in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. Huh. She's German. She's from Bavaria. Uh-huh. They met ah. in PhD program, got married. Hmm. Now they have three kids, and they're very happy. And they do, you know, crafts, and they're really, <laughs> they go around and nice. do really fun things. They're very outdoorsy. They like to camp and hike and do all that stuff. Uh-huh. They just don't want to. They just don't want to have that emotional. Yeah, it sounds like um, maybe your family was just a little too emotionally intense for yeah, them. Yeah, I think we're too intense for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, boys are like that anyway. Well, sometimes they go off and do their own thing, and that's just—it's probably it not. It probably just didn't jive with his makeup, his yeah. nature, maybe. Yeah. Is there any like real conflict or? No, that's the thing. Did he I ever mean, have? He never puts his shit on me. I have to say that mm-hmm. he never. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've had nice interactions. Sure. Where, like, I put love in my heart for him. Sure. But we just don't hang out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you tried to work that out. Yeah, then I tried to be really popular with everybody. Oh, yeah. Because you know what? I bet you're really close to being really popular with everybody. I am. So there's like that one, two percent person that you can't, that you got to win over that last person. I do love an introvert challenge, you know. (laughs) I could see that. I can imagine. But you know what? But I'm done with, like, I have finally, you know, I see all that stuff now and I'm I'm getting more and more distance from it. Right. So that's beautiful. That makes me feel much better about, you know. Aging. When, when I think about aging and I think about, you know, how far I've come with all that stuff, I'm very grateful. Right, right, right. That's pretty, that's kind of, it's kind of amusing because, um, you know, what makes me mad personally is like, because I, I need to be liked too, obviously. Uh, and um, there's always that one person that doesn't, that actually does the opposite or doesn't try or and they get people like you the people who I really want to like me the most they're the ones who get, get the attention. attention yeah totally yeah I'm so over that as well yeah I think Mark Marin is like that because um it's a long story his girlfriend was supposed to be on the show and then I said something nice to him and then uh her gallery canceled the next day oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and then I called them up and I was like you know, uh, you guys, I was I was at the opening last night, and now uh, you give me an email canceling this morning. Like, you know, I'm taking this personally. You should have, like, waited a week. Yeah, right. Do you, you know who talk, he is? Talk to me, baby. You know who he is, right? No. Mark Marin. Uh-huh. Oh, he's a great, he's good. I'm glad. Let's not even talk about him. So we have five minutes. I want to remind people once again that this is Radio Free Brooklyn and, and that you should donate money to us because wasn't this great, this whole this thing? I love thing? this. <laughs> I want to like promote and shout out Radio Free Brooklyn from the mountaintops right now. I'm yeah. really impressed with your operation here, Isn't Lisa. it great? Fantastic. Isn't it great? You would love it. I mean, you would love it because it's such a community here. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really brilliant. And, it, you know, our voices need to be heard. So. Yeah. My and, gosh. And this is the time to do and, and it's actually we just got our nonprofit status, cool. so it's so really uh, it. yeah. So I want to remind people of that, and uh, I also um, want to once again remind them to go to your website and look at your work, which is awesome. And you can also see those mostly great reviews with that one. That one annoying. It's not even a bad review. It's, no, it's just not a, a bad review. Fucking it's like annoying. One, one long line in the middle of it. That's like a real fuck you. Yeah, and but in the worst of the art world way. But it's she, I. 
I, to her credit, I have to say, her job is so hard, and she does not. Those writers, they do so much work for yeah. so little no. back, you know? Yeah, and it's not like it was on, um, it was on a good website, but it wasn't like on a website. Like a website that's really commercial. It's funny because a lot of people love that, like, because she showed also so much art from the show. So yeah. a lot of people yeah. got a lot of play from that article. Sure. And it was, like, fantastic, except for that one line. And I think everyone just, like, was like, ugh, whatever. And, like, so just that, got to the good part. Like, nobody, you know. But did it stand out where people talking about it? Nobody talked to me about it. Huh. No, not one person really? said it. I good. mean, for me, I was like, ooh. Like, when uh. I read that part, I was like, wow, that's tough. But... You know, moved on, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Who cares? Um, so it's IamFinley.com, letter I, letter A, letter M, Finley, F-I-N-L-E-Y. Um, you should definitely check out this work. It's very kind of the colors. It's very happy, positive, smart work, like you. Like you, just like you. Thank you, darling. Uh, what else can I tell you? I also want to make sure that you guys just hang out here because the show after the show that starts at three is really freaking awesome. What is it? It's called, uh, it's called, oh, I should know what it's called. Why did I not write? I'm, I'm blanking. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to think of the name right now because I've already made myself so neurotic about <laughs> not knowing it that I just have to let that go. It's fine. Okay. The cool show after this. The, but it, but it's a mixtape show. Mixtapes oh. rewound or something like that. Nice. That's so cool. <laughs> there, I sort of remembered it. And um, it's hosted by Alon Donzinger and Jimmy Hoffman. And uh, they, Alon was like a really crazy uh, tape. He carried around a tape recorder in the mid-90s in middle school and just made like tons of tapes. And so he has these tapes and he invites other people to play their mixtapes and... Uh, they're really funny guys, and they're really, really awesome. So uh, you guys should stick around. And um, I also want to, like, tell you guys, you know, why don't you write me an email? Write me an email. So the best way to get in touch with me is lisa at radiofreebrooklyn.com. And, uh, you know, write me an email. Tell, tell, me, tell, me, tell me whatever you want because uh, I will – I tolerate – I can – I can take it. I can take it. <laughs> okay. But she also really wants to be loved, so send some I, love. <laughs> I want to be loved so badly. You me, got me it. Me too, Dr. Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I. it's funny how, you know, you can get, like I did not get unconditional love, but it's funny how the world can wind its way around where you and I are both in the same in place. In the need of the same thing. <laughs> right. And in the same room yeah. talking about it. Oh, the world is so yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got, you see your brother made up for all that. Yeah. Oh, didn't he? Brothers are really, siblings are underestimated, I think, in the world of Especially psychology. Especially when they have a CB radio with a speaker on their Bronco and pick you up at movie theaters in front of all your friends. Really? <laughs> wow. What would they say? Get in the car, you're... Oh, yeah. Really? It, it was like every Dungeons & Dragons player, like, letting out. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa 